0: Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Great. It's good to see we're uh, we're alive and uh, well. It's always good on Easter, isn't it? Uh, I don't know about you, but I love a good mystery. Uh, I've always loved good mysteries, uh, whether it's in a book or whether it's on television or whether it's in a film. I, I love a good mystery. Um, sometimes I can work out uh, who done it, as it were. What's the answer to the mystery? I have to say it's pretty rare, if I'm really honest. I'm a bear of very little brain. Uh, but it doesn't really matter, because ultimately it's just a story, isn't it? It doesn't really matter uh, who, uh, who uh, did what in a, in a story, because it's just a story. But the reading that we had earlier is real. It isn't just a story. It really, really happened. It's a real mystery. And it's really important, because if Jesus hasn't risen from the dead then we're basically wasting our time. We might as well go home and forget all about it, just eat some Easter eggs, uh, have our roast lamb, or whatever else we're planning to do all day. It doesn't matter, because it didn't happen. But that story that we heard, that account of that first Easter Sunday uh, from uh, John's Gospel, I think gives us three reasons, three pieces of evidence, why we can believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead, and he's alive today. And I'm going to volunteer to help me to uh, find it. Yes, Harry, you were first up, come on, straight out. Right, okay. I have got uh, three clues hidden around church, and I want you to try and find them. Because we're on a kind of detective theme, I've got a hat for you. Thank you very much. You can't be a sleuth without your deerstalker. stalker. Neither can you be a sleuth without your magnifying glass, okay? I'll give you some clues as to where they are. I think the first one is somewhere in that direction. The second one is somewhere up there. And the third one is somewhere down here. Can you come and find them? And if you know where they are, you can give them some help. Okay, go for it. Cold, cold, cold. cold, cold. You're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Yeah, that direction. Yeah, you're getting warmer. It's in a plastic bag. Oh, you've just walked past it, I think. Yeah, we've got it. That's the one. First one. Yeah, first clue done. Right, Okay. fun. Next one. Well done. Round of applause. Yeah, up we go. Great stuff. Yeah, they're all in a plastic bag. Front row, I think, is that right? Yep, yep. Oh, he's quick, this guy. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Next one, brilliant. Round of applause. Down we come. I think it's somewhere in the middle here, I reckon. I think you might, yeah, come down. I think it's somewhere on this side, if I remember rightly. Hopefully I can remember where I hid them. (laughs) Otherwise we've got problems, right? (laughs) Somewhere over there. Great. Yep. Further back, I think. Warm, warm, warm. Oh, very hot, I think. Very hot bit further back I reckon, forward towards the front, yep, have we got it, it is somewhere here isn't it, (laughs) oh brilliant, round of applause for Sherlock Holmes, three, excellent, right what have we got here, okay let's have a look, right, okay we've got three clues here, Let's, uh, let's try and examine them and see what they tell us, the first one, what is this, what do you reckon this is? It's a cloth, isn't it? Yeah, it's some kind of cloth. What piece of evidence do you think this points us to in the story? The Rexer knows, but he would know. He's paid to know these things. Uh, (laughs) Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's it's pointing us to uh, to the gravecloths in the uh, in the empty tomb. That's right. If you've got your uh, Bibles open in front of you, uh, we've got uh, this is uh, we're reading from John chapter twenty, and it's on page one thousand and eighty nine. If you uh, you find that really helpful, yeah, that's the very first clue. It's the empty uh, the empty tomb, isn't it? The grave clothes. Uh John records for us uh, that when the disciples uh, first came to the tomb, uh, they saw uh, the strips of cloth and the linen lying there. Verse five. Peter bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who's behind him, arrived. He went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Where was Jesus? Those cloths should have been wrapped around him, shouldn't they? would have thought, where was Jesus? Uh, lots of people have come up with different, uh, different ideas about what happened that first day. Uh, some people have tried to say that somebody nicked the body. They did a runner with it. Whether it was the Romans, or whether it was the Jews, or whether it was the early Christians, somebody ran off with it, and that's why it wasn't there. But it's not very convincing, is it? I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if somebody had run off with the body? Somebody at some point would have said, no, here he is, he's not alive, we've got him. And he's dead. He's not alive at all. Other people have tried to suggest that maybe Jesus kind of fainted. He wasn't really dead when they cut him down from the cross and they bunged him in the tomb and, uh, well, he kind of came round and then managed to push this big heavy stone out of the way and walk out free and disappeared. Doesn't really add up, does it? Doesn't sound very convincing to me. And we know it's not true because actually if we read the chapter before that uh, we had read, uh, John tells us uh, that Jesus was dead. This is uh, verse 33 of uh, chapter 19. When they came to Jesus, this is talking about the soldiers, and they found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Jesus was dead. It wasn't that he just fainted and then kind of came to and pushed it over. It doesn't make sense. The only answer is that God raised Jesus from the dead. He's alive. So that's the first piece of evidence, the grave clothes. What's the next one that you, uh, you got for us? Uh, it was this, wasn't it? This is a bit more easy, isn't it, I guess? Holy Bible. Holy Bible. Where do we think we get this from uh, our uh, story? Can anyone help us? It's in there. It's in the, uh, the chapter that we had read. Anyone? Any clues? Come on. No ideas? Someone at the back, maybe? Was that? No? Never mind. Okay, we've got courses up there very keen this morning. Go on, Chris. Oh, Christine, you put your hand up. Go for it. Go on. We're doing being too polite. That's right. Yeah, verse nine. It says they still did not understand this from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Uh, when they came to the tomb, they were a bit surprised. They were astonished, and yet John tells us in hindsight that actually they didn't need to be. The Scriptures had promised that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Jesus had said that to himself. He said that to them himself, time and time again, as he was with the disciples. He said, "This is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified." Then after three days, I'm going to rise again. He'd said it to them. All they had to do was listen and believe it and take it, take it for, for heart. It was all according to the plan that God had had. And it's true for us today as well. And there might be many reasons why we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But ultimately, one of the best is that God said so. He said it in his word. He promised it. And because God doesn't lie to us, we can believe what he said. We can believe Jesus rose from the dead because of the evidence of the scriptures. The scriptures tell us that he rose from the dead. Let's have a look at the last one. What's this uh, last piece of evidence that we've, uh, we've found? What do you reckon these are? Um, yeah, like yeah, do you want to have a go? Yeah. It's Easter after all, isn't it? I was going to get some party poppers and I thought I'd get told off. Oh, it's not great. Should we have another go? They're a bit quiet, aren't they? I tried these last night, they were rubbish. This is what happens when you're a pound land. Don't do it. <laughs> They're rubbish. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Why have we got these blowout things? What's the third piece of evidence uh, that John gives for us from this uh, this story? Anyone know? It's towards the end of the bit we had read. Any ideas? Maybe these are more cryptic than I thought they were. Of course he is again. They're really keen this morning, aren't they? Yep. Yes, you're absolutely spot on, that is right. So if we go to the end of uh, chapter 20, uh, verse 19 we're told, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked uh, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. (laughs) The third piece of evidence that we have is that the disciples were absolutely transformed. Uh, When Jesus had died, they must have thought it was the end. That was it. Well, you know, he was just a kind of, you know, it was nice for a few years, but he's gone. Back to our old lives, I guess. They were hiding in this upper room, thinking that the Jews might come and kill them as well because they'd been friends with Jesus. And yet, when they saw the risen Jesus, they were absolutely transformed. They went from being uh, cowardly, fearing in the upper, upper room, to being absolutely overjoyed with joy. And they would tell anybody who would listen about them. Read through the rest of the New Testament, and you've got these people. You've got Peter, uh, who disciple who, who denied Jesus, who goes out boldly after Pentecost and tells others of Jesus. Uh, think about uh, Saint Paul. Saint Paul wasn't there in the uh, in, in the first uh, when the first time the disciples saw Jesus, but he did see the risen Jesus uh, for, for himself later on. And he went from someone who was trying to kill the Christians to being somebody who was trying to make people into Christians by any means possible. The evidence that we have for Jesus being alive is the transformed disciples. They went from fear to faith, they were overjoyed. Thank you very much, Sherlock Holmes. You've been very, very good. We have a round of applause, please. Well, Sherlock Holmes himself uh, said, uh, this is uh, one of his, uh, his great quotes, uh, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. I think that's true uh, for the resurrection. We've eliminated the impossible. Jesus' body wasn't stolen. Uh, the disciples were alive. We've seen it from the evidence of the scriptures. We can be sure that Jesus is alive because all the evidence tells us that he is. Perhaps you're sitting there thinking, well, that's all very well, Well, I'm I'm convinced uh, that Jesus uh, is alive, but I don't really see what difference it makes. How can that first Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago, have any relevance whatsoever uh, for me uh, this morning in 21st century Norwich? I think there are three reasons uh, why it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, The first is that it proves us that our sins are forgiven, St. Paul, writing a little bit later on in the New Testament, said that Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification. Justification is just a fancy word that means we're made right with God. Uh, Because Jesus, Good Friday, uh, he died the death, he paid the price for our sins. Easter Day is like the receipt. We know that it happened because Jesus rose from the dead. We can be sure that before God, our sins are forgiven. Everything we've ever done that we're ashamed of, that we know to be wrong, has been dealt with by Jesus. That first Easter. That's the first thing. The second thing: we know that death has been defeated because Jesus rose from the dead. We know that death is not the end. Uh, an illustration I heard that uh, helped me—I had a number of years ago. I've used it a few times since, and probably some of you will recognise it. Uh, it's a story about Vasco da Gama. Back in the Middle Ages, lots of people spent ages trying to find a sea route uh, around the southern coast or southern tip of Africa uh, through to India. And there were lots and lots of people that tried. Lots of ships uh, got ruined. In fact, so many uh, ships got ruined that they called that cape around the southern tip of Africa uh, the Cape of Storms because it was known if you went through that, you'd never come back again. Then Vasco da Gama, one man uh, with his uh, friends on his ship, managed to get round the cape. He came back again. They couldn't call it the Cape of Storms anymore. So what did they change it to? They called it the Cape of Good Hope, as we know it today. Because Jesus has died. He went back. Death is no longer the Cape of Storms. It is the Cape of Good Hope. We know that we can be with the Lord Jesus uh, when we die. That's a promise. Thirdly, I think it's good news because we can know him today. Uh, there was a vicar a long time ago called Wilson Carlisle who uh, founded the church army and uh, he was debating one of his friends uh, who was denying that Jesus rose from the dead. And he said, what's the killer piece of evidence that you can give to um, convince me that Jesus is alive? And he said, I'll tell you, I was speaking to him this very morning. Christians across the world, throughout the ages, can say the same. I could say that. I know he's alive because I spoke with him this morning. He is alive. And we know that because of the testimony of our hearts. I was in London uh, this, uh, earlier this week. I went to meet some friends of mine who are uh, also curates. And we went to St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, and uh, it was all a bit busy, so we went into a side chapel. And uh, we, uh, we looked up, and in the side chapel there was a very, very famous picture, which probably many of you will know. It's by a chap called Holman Hunt, The Light of the World. And, and it shows uh, Jesus, the risen Jesus, uh, outside with uh, a, a, a door. With a, uh, which is covered in ivy, and he's knocking on the door. And it's based on a verse that St. John, the person who uh, wrote uh, that, uh, that account of Jesus' resurrection uh, that we first heard, it's based on some writings that he wrote a little bit later, and I want to read it to you. This is what he said. This is uh, the risen Jesus speaking to his disciples. Here I am, he says. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. Uh, Jesus is alive. He's knocking at the door, and he wants to know us and to have a relationship with us. That's true for every single one of us this morning. Uh, that is the main reason that Jesus is alive. Uh, he's here to know us and to have a relationship with him, and every single one of us uh, can, can know the truth of that verse. Uh, I know it, I put my trust in Jesus many, many years ago and I've never once regretted it. It might be that for some of you this is all very, very new and you want a little bit longer to think things through. Uh, So if so, can I invite you to take one of these booklets? Uh, This is uh, a little booklet written by uh, somebody uh, which explains why Jesus is important. Why is it so important that he died and that he rose again? Uh, I've got several of them to give away. If you'd like one, you can take it away and read it. There's no pressure, uh, but you're very, very welcome to uh, come and get one off me Uh, at the end. It is really good news. Jesus is alive, and we can know him today. We can know sins forgiven, death defeated, and we can know him as our friend. Let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we thank you that that first uh, Easter Sunday, death was not the end, but that you rose again, and that you have provided all the clues to help us to know you. And we pray uh, that this Easter, whether we know you, uh, we've known you for a long time, whether we're still yet... Uh, to find you, that you would make yourself known to us in a new living and real way, uh, that we may serve you forevermore. Amen.